so fast, so fast. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to read verse 17. When you got it, say so. so. And it says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his servant, nor his ma- female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Lord God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. We thank you for calling us your children. And this morning, we come before you as those who are in need of you. We humble our hearts at your word, and we pray, God, that you would speak to us clearly, that we would hear what your spirit is saying to your church, and that we would respond in faith. Search our hearts as we look at this topic of coveting, Lord God, as we close this series, Jesus' good name, and everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Keep your hand up until you receive the outline so they don't miss you. As always, it is good. You can take some notes. There are some introspective questions um, that are, you are a disciple of Jesus, and as a disciple of Jesus, you are called to actually go ahead and be used um, by the Lord to help someone else grow. Sunday, it will do two things. Number one, it will help them grow in their faith, and number two, it'll help you in your teaches God's word is that I learn it better when I teach it to someone else. And so, just know, not helping someone grow in their faith, I challenge you to get on the job. Amen. Our greatest issues we see among mankind is a desire for things they, is that people want things that they shouldn't want. They desire things they should not desire. Harmful. You ever seen a kid reach for something that's harmful? Something that they want, you know, like something that's poor. Uh, we were at the Savage Race, or we ran, ran the Savage Race a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was telling us, uh, oh, not he, but Joanna, we were, she was checking him out, not checking him out. Like, you know, you got to be really careful. Uh, he has to be really careful whenever he's, he gets cut or something because he's a mutant or something like that. It is because when he was a child, he did work at Breakers. Well, in Puerto Rico, they don't have those, right? At least at some point in some homes, they did not, which was a light socket with something that he put inside of it, and he was electrocuted to the degree. Nonetheless, it was because he was reaching for something that he shouldn't have been reaching for, right? Having to do something that he shouldn't desire to do. Another thing that we see in our kids from a young age, right? How many of y'all seen a kid do that, right? You've seen them all? Right? I've had to instruct, and suddenly, that's mine. How is that yours? Because you grabbed it, it's yours? Right? Like, and that's what we keepers. Y'all know that story right there? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, we just think sometimes that things satisfied, and that is what covenant is going to address. Second paragraph there, the kingdom community that their treatment of each other was governed by the fear of the Lord and keeping their Ten Commandments did. And the Ten Commandments defined who God was. It also called to everyone else of what this kingdom community really looked like. And treat you like I treat you because I fear the Lord. Remember the vertical commandments, those all And so I have a fear of God and appreciation of God and I deal with you based upon I deal with you as well because of of my heart being in check because is it addresses not external behavior but it deals with internal impulses it doesn't just address the things that we're doing. It's no longer under the law, but under grace, according to Romans chapter 6, 14. We are still called to the high standard of God's kingdom, covenant, people. No longer under law, under the law, but we are under grace. A lot of people mis- misapply to communicate every time that he tells the new covenant believers, you are no longer under justification. In other words, you are no longer going to be justified, but you are now going to 
be justified based upon your faith in Christ. Therefore, I no longer have any, any need to obey the law. That's not what Paul was saying. You see, you'll notice something. I don't know about you, but if you've read through the Psalms, have you ever read some of the Psalms where David talks about how... You ever, you ever wonder, like, yo, what's this guy think? Like, he thinks he's all that. Like, David's prideful or something like that, right? Like, like I, I mean, when I read this, he did. And, and there's a reason for that. Because he was trying his very blameless according to the law. You think he was boasting or something like that? No, he was saying in reality, he was blameless. He was doing his best to do what the law of God said. Becurance to the law. The thing for us is that we feel like, well, I'm no longer under law, so I don't have to obey the law. That's not true. What it means is that now my faith in Christ, my faith in Christ should do what? It should produce, God, I've obeyed your law, I deserve something, but that I am saying, God, I thanked what you did on the cross, therefore I am obeying what your word tells me to obey. This is what it means for us. And so, as such, last part of covetousness, and allow the Spirit of God to purge us of the unbiblical... What we have to realize is that there are things inside of us that sometimes we don't even see them. And that is why God wraps up the Ten Commandments. And again, I say that the last command is not one that I can sit here and say, hey, man, you're coveting and know for sure. Right now, you could be in here coveting something. I mean, I don't know. What, what, you could be in that state. So you're thinking, and you could be thinking about ten other things right now. The reality is your mind could be in different places. I can still get lost. It's to wander. He'll say one thing that makes me think something, and all of a sudden I'm over here and point to it. We have this last command that God is like, look, I'm not just looking at the external law still dealt with the heart. We think that the old covenant law had nothing to do with the heart, but God desires that are not biblically supported are not God honoring. Desires that are not biblically supported are not God socially destructive. Whenever we have desires that don't, and when we are living a life that has pursuits that don't honor God, guess what we become? We become destructive rather than those who are adding to the culture. We are desires that are not biblically supported, are not God honoring, and are socially destructive. The issue of coveting. We must understand the issue of coveting. Look at verse 17. It says this. It says, your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his... I want you to back up a little bit. I want you to start in verse 12 with me. And I want you to notice the difference actually communicating here. And so he says what? The first one is to honor your father. And you would have that command summed up in just one sentence. Honor your father and your mother. Other explanation. Murder in all of its facets is wrong 100%. You shall not commit adultery. Adultery in all of its facets in every area is wrong. This one is what? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, period. Any lying of any sort is wrong. But what does he say here? If he would have said that, because the word here that is used when speaking about the word coveting, it is the word shamad in the Hebrew. And what it means is it means desiring. So the way that it would have came across was thou shall not. We have natural desires. Like, we, like, like if you're single, you may desire. The book of Proverbs says, you know, the one who finds a wife finds a good thing. Hallelujah. Right? So it's a, and so that's a good thing. So to have a home, you think that's a good thing? I would say to desire a home would be a good thing. To have a nice dependable vehicle, you think that's a good thing? I would say yes. Right? I think there's a, those are desire. also mean to crave. It can mean to, to find pleasure in, to love or to be pressure. He's saying you should not covet 
You should not desire, not find pleasure in those things. This is He's dealing with not, not the desire. issue is in the context of coveting. See, there's a fine line between admiring, what's line between those two? To sit there, and, you know, if you, you, you know, you buy a new vehicle, you know, and you can just, you buy, just driving around the block, right? So I'm not going to covet, I hope, but listen. The fact is, I can admit to, amen, I'm, I'm just saying, right, like, 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 let me admire that thing, but I can go from, look at someone else's spouse, and I could go from saying, man, she's a great wife, to saying, I want, see, and those are the types of things that he was warning against, because he wants us to look at one another from that place of the fear of the Lord, and admire for sure, but rejoice in what they have, you're not appreciative of what you have, you come to this diplomatic, it's important for us that if we, that we understand, that if we are not vigilant, if we don't guard our hearts against coveting, can I tell you something, nobody just trips into a door, are you here? Nobody, that doesn't happen that way. Trust you me, there was an issue in your heart long before you ever t- kissed, touched, didn't just, oh, my bad. You know, you stole something because you were thinking about that thing. You were coveting something. You had a, see, no one can say, hey, man, you're coveting, you got a coveting heart, you got a coveting. Nobody can say that, right? But here's what you need to keep the rest of these commands. If your heart is wrong, then you're going to break these other commands. And so we have to make sure that we don't. God wants you to have a wife. He just doesn't want you to have your neighbor's wife. Hello. God wants you to have a home. He just doesn't have your neighbors. Hello, somebody. He wants you to respect what your neighbor has and honor and rejoice with them and have the right heart. So that is what he wants to be cuckold. Then you know what happens? Our pursuits don't honor God. We start pursuing the wrong thing. And then what happens? We become destructive socially. God wants us to be productive. The severity of coveting. Turn your Bibles with me to put up there Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 through 7, but if you have your Bible, turn to verse 1. And so it says this, it says, therefore, be imitated. foundation, right? We have the book of Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 deals with what? Deals with Jesus has done, what God has done through Christ, what the Lord has done. It deals with that it's called to obey the commands that are there. In chapter 5, he starts off and he says, their relational component, he says, listen, as children of God, as dear children of God, children are seeing children wanting to imitate their parents. You ever seen that? Where they just automatically, my son is that, and that's a, that's a good thing, I want to promote promote that in him as long as what I'm doing is godly. Hello, somebody. Be imitators of God. Imitate God. Don't imitate the world. Imitate God. Don't, he says, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and smelling aroma. The antidote, let me say this. I could wrap the sermon up right here, right now. I won't, but I could. Did you get that? The antidote for us coveting is us loving. You know, my, my immediate family, because of my love for them, whenever they get something, whenever there's, I'm never going to want to take from them what they have. I'm never going to be like, oh, they don't deserve that because my heart is for us. Sister Marisol was saying, everything that God commands us, it's for what? It's for God. When we obey God, when we do what God says for us to do, we do. That doesn't mean it's not difficult. It just means we experience his best for our, those us what love doesn't look like within the community of believers. Verse 3, it says this, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. And should rightly condemn that as being sinful, not godly, right? We talked about that when we dealt with adultery, the only place that God blesses it, the only place that it should be partaken of, period, right? But here's the thing, and uncleanness and covetousness, he aligns them all as one and the same. Don't let those things be named among you. Don't let fornication be named among you. Don't let any uncleanness. 
because we should be content people, not covetous people. Reality is we have this covetousness, right? The word for covet, for covet there is the Greek word more. And so this should not be named among us. Why? But he says because it is not fitting and because we have a new identity, there are certain things that shouldn't be, aren't correct. It's not just about looks, but there's certain things that do not belong in our midst. It does not go, it doesn't match with anything. It's complete. As a matter of fact, it might even be applicable because you think about it. That was the old man. This is the new. And so you can't, they ebb and flow and they come back and what was cool like, you know, 20 years ago, it'll come back some other time. But I shouldn't be wearing that. Like that should not be part of what you're wearing if you're dressing in this particular way. Identity. And as this person with a new identity, coveting is not part of it. New Testament obviously condemns coveting clearly. He goes on to say what? He says, but nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting. Again, those things don't fit. So filth of words, nor coarse jesting, talking about the jokes that we may have. And I'm not trying to dig into all that right now. Which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, in the kingdom of Christ and God. And then he goes on and he says what? Let no one deceive you with empty sons of disobedience because of what things? Because of fornication. Because of the wrath of God comes upon people. And so what he's saying is that all this is the severity that we're dealing with when we're talking about coveting. When we, we become incapable of impacting them with the good news of the gospel. Because our lives, after me, is this that we must embrace the solution for coming to the book of Luke, chapter 12. And we do know that the gospel, in and of itself, is here in Luke, chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. He says, Then one from the crowd said to me, But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator? And then he comes back and he's like, Who made me a judge over you? Who made me the judge? Is listen in these many and in, in these and in, in these matters that are earthly. Hating him, he's letting him know because in this scenario, most of the commentators they believe that what is happening about those customs in those times, the older brother got a double portion of the inheritance. And say, tell my brother to split this. And Jesus is like, look, I'm not going to do that. But look what Jesus goes on to say. And look what he says, beware of covetousness. I want you to notice that. Jesus, to having the wrong heart, he uses this opportunity. So Jesus connects this story, does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Abundance of things one possesses. And so Jesus is saying to him, listen, this inheritance. He had the wrong heart, and he was thinking that his life was what? That is because what? I have a new identity. No matter how much I have or I don't have, I'm still loved. Hello? To God because of what? I know this because here's the deal. This is what happens to us. Many of us are overwhelmed by this false gospel of prosperity. And we believe that God's love towards us by the health that we're walking in. We believe that we measure God's the sum total of your possessions. Your life is what I have done for you people's bubble in here you may have a bucket list and you may not you may kick the bucket before you finish your that you want to drive go sit in it hello somebody go you can sit in on as a matter of fact you devil listen I'm test driving because God may not give this thing to me and I want to feel what is called we want you may not live in the zip code that you want to live in that may never happen you may never have the sum total of possessions you have a new identity in Christ and covetousness 
We run the risk of having pursuits and desires rather than productive in the culture. So let's finish reading this parable that Jesus begins. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, I will do this. I will put down, I will put down my, I will pull down my barns and build for a moment. This dude is already a baller, obviously. Hello. He has already got money. In those times, you didn't have a barn unless you had stuff, right? I mean, even in this day, you ain't got barns unless you don't have that much stuff. I mean, you know, like, what am I going to have a barn for? Like, I, I don't know, to go work out or make This guy had barns. And you know what he does? He, God gives him a bump crop or something like that. And the dude stuff, I'm going to build bigger barns. And then, he, and he goes on, he tells you, he tells you what he's going to do. He's good, so laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Good to go. That's what he says. Instead of thinking, wait a second, I'm on God in verse 19. Marisol said, but God, like it's a good thing, but God is not always a good thing. And fool, hello somebody. <laughs> That's terrible. But God, you, then whose will those things be which you have provided this world and still be covetous? Because some of us sitting here and we think, well, you know what, I got all kind of you need and still be covetous. You can have everything you need and still have a covetous heart. My struggle with covetousness. When I look at other people's lives and I'm like, man, I like, man. And so don't walk away thinking, oh, man, that's not me because this guy had everything. This guy was the idea. Oh, is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Who's not rich towards God. Who's not rich for God, right? So wait a second. There's a difference. And so what do we have to do when we're looking at the gospel and the grace of God? First of all, it teaches us, again, I said this already, our lives are not the sum total of what we possess. Please, if you don't get anything else of this, understand that you are not your accomplishments or your failures. You are who God says you are. You know who God says you are? God says you are a beloved son. You are a beloved daughter. You are loved. And the reason why he says that is because of what he does on the cross. You know where God shows you your worth and your value? When you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, when you look at what he did, he lets you know you mean to me the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish would have everlasting life. God demonstrates his love toward us in this, that while we were yet sinners, he dies for us. He shows you your value, your worth. It's not in how many zeros are in your bank account. It's not in the position you have at work. It's not in the possessions that you have, but it's in the one who possesses you. That is where your value and worth are. The second thing that we see here is that being rich in this life doesn't lead us to being rich towards God. You know what this guy should have thought about? He should have thought about, man, God is blessed that I can be used by God to be a blessing unto others. And that is how we are rich towards her. She's having some issues with her roof, and you are being a blessing to her. Some of our guys already were able to support her. We had a family that was in need a few weeks ago. We were able to raise a substantial. We are able to be rich towards God, not just thinking about ourselves. I think about all that kind of stuff. We have a financial plan and all that. But let me tell you something, and you can ask my wife. She's not, this is us. I want to increase in our giving. I want to give more because I don't want to do more next year. Well, if God bless me, I can be a blessing. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's okay. You need to hear it. You might not have been where you want to be, but I guarantee you, you were eating and you were okay, some of you. Maybe you were in a bad place. Maybe some do for people, toward people in their lives. If we had that mindset every time that God in the increase being a person who is doing what? Who is being rich towards God. It's the end of my pursuits. What is the end of my pursuits? Are they temporal or eternal? Pursuits or temporal? 
It was about what? It was about him sitting back, having some lemon. It was about him being in a place where he was, okay, I'm good now. I'm good to go. Everything. He wasn't thinking about eternity. He wasn't thinking about what? He wasn't thinking and having to hear him give, or having to give an account for what he did while he was here on this earth. Can I tell you something? That's what we should. We should all be living for that day and, and living to hear the words, well done, good. I'd say enter into the joy of your Lord. That we want to be faithful like the one who had 10 and, and, and just buried it in the ground and didn't do anything with it. We want to be faithful. That's what we need to be striving to do. God. And so the reality is whenever we are pursuing what God, not just the temporal things, then our desires will align with God. Our, our pursuits will be God honoring. And then you know what happens? Here's what I want to do. I want to be a person who makes the culture. But when our hearts are coveting, when we have coveting hearts, what happens to the way that we would like to and we ought to. And so my closing question is, are you where God has given you? Are you living? Are you living contently in other people's lives? Are you content with your marriage and giving God glory and honest things? Are you coveting other stuff? See, because the reality is that we cannot be content with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is after riches. And the reality is that if we are not content, then we are never us with for where God has us with. If we're not content with those things and grateful, I mean those people that are covetous in our hearts. And so my prayer is this, my hope is that I've been searching your heart and that you've recognized where you have potentially been covetous. And that you recognize that with humility before God and say, God, I don't want to be covetous. Because of Jesus, then you're in danger of what? Of experiencing the wrath of God. And so I call you to put your faith in Christ. I call you to trust him today. And if you're a child of ways in your heart, then I pray that you'll recognize that and that you'll repent before God and confess to him and say, God, I don't think you want me to pursue because I want to be a blessing in my culture. Amen? So I'll stand up. <clears throat> you recognize that you have a covetous heart and you don't know Jesus. Today is the day that if you're not committed to God and you recognize that there's covetousness in your heart, today your sins, recognize that Jesus is God's son. Salvation is, you are a child of God in this place and you are walking with Jesus and you recognize there's some covetousness in you and be vigilant against it. Don't let that continue to creep up in your heart. Recognize what are you right now. We humble our hearts in your presence and we pray God for your, clearly where we have erred in this area. Show us our sin. Father, for those in this place that don't know you, God, may they call upon you today. And may they begin a new walk with you. And Spirit, will continue to show us where we need to repent. God. And may you guide us that we would be an example of what contentment in you that gives us a new identity and our worth and value, God. We thank you for this. And we, I mean, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. As you do that. You can be seated. I uh, just want to make a